is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Christopher Darga, and we have a very humorous conversation. We talk about his life path, education, and key moments in his career that led to some pretty outstanding moments and the future. So I hope you enjoy this fantastic two-part conversation with Christopher Darga, and keep on keeping on. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Christopher Darga. Christopher, thank you for joining me today. That's my pleasure, Clayton. We met what would feel like a decade ago <laughs> at my college. My uh, gosh, yeah. I'm trying to remember when exactly. It was like 2014 or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a it was a hot minute ago, and we had done a workshop there, and I had previously seen some of your work, and of course, I've been watching all of your work since. People can see yeah. you in uh, it's so much between television, film. Uh, I saw you on Curb Your Enthusiasm the other night, literally two nights ago. I mean, commercials with the with the the Vikings, <laughs> the city cards. Yes, it's so What's much. What's in your wallet? Yeah, it's just so much, and I want to go back to the beginning of time for you. What was your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh, I just, you know, make my brother laugh, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I was in the eighth grade play and I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was I Remember Mama. I played uh, Uncle Chris, so I got to say damn it and stuff. This was at a Catholic school, too. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> That was a that was a, a a fun and and then when I got into high school I I was in some of the couple of high school plays uh, you're a good man Charlie Brown and a Showboat uh, but uh, you're a good man Charlie Brown I played Snoopy and and you know I I couldn't sing and you didn't really have to sing for that part and uh, just sell it uh, but it was you know it was fun it was my mom's favorite to this day. well she's gone now but. It, you know, everything I've done, I've played Hamlet and, you know, and, and, and she loved uh, me as Snoopy and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But um, from high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I, I went to college at University of Detroit and as a communications major, which I really didn't even know what that was. A friend of mine was doing it. So I thought, all right, well, fine, I'll do I had to declare something. Right. So uh, I did that and it just was intensely boring. And, <laughs> and uh, so I took, they had a great theater program at University of Detroit at the time. And I, I took a, an acting class, beginning acting. And, and then I changed my major to, uh, to theater uh, because uh, I just had so much fun. My parents my mom was very happy because my mom always wanted to be an actress. She wanted to go to New York and her back then, you know, we're talking like the 1930s. Uh, uh, her father was very strict and would not allow it. And anyway, but so she kind of like lived vicariously uh, through, through my theater and acting and she loved it. And uh, you know, so I, then I went on after getting a BFA, I went on to uh, the University of Nebraska for an MFA because they offered me a full ride. Uh, I thought, well, maybe I should do that in case I want to teach and, uh, you know, but uh, so I did, uh, gosh, after University of Nebraska, I, I played, 
I was like, you know, playing a lot of leading men parts. And, you know, I, I was Hamlet. I was Dracula. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I did a lot, a lot of theater there. And then I went to Omaha because they had a dinner theater there that was equity, an equity dinner theater, mm. the firehouse dinner theater. And I got auditioned and got in and I got my equity card, which was a huge deal. Like my first three paychecks went to pay the equity initiation fee. But uh, <laughs> at that time it, it was, I don't know what it is now. Um, but, uh, you know, so I got my equity card there. I traveled around doing dinner theater here and there. And then I got a call from an old professor at University of Detroit. Do you want to come and fill in for this teacher who was on sick leave? It turned into two years. So I filled in. Uh, it was just a temporary gig teaching acting at my old at University of Detroit. And uh, I met my wife. We did a, a in a two person play called The Wool Gatherer. Uh, and uh, we ended up getting married a year later. This was like 1986. And then a week after that, we moved to L.A. And that's when uh, I started, uh, you know, doing all kinds of odd jobs until I started, you know, until I was able to, let's see, I got hooked up with the, the Groundlings, uh, which is a sketch comedy improv group in LA. A lot of, you know, Pee Wee Herman came out of there, uh, Phil Hartman, Will Ferrell, uh, Kirsten Wig, a lot, lot of big, big name people came out of the Groundlings. And, uh, and I did that. I did, got into the main show, went through their school. It's like two years of school and then the Sunday show. And then I got into the main show and I did it for about four years. And that's how I got my first agent and my first manager. They saw me in a show and liked me and, you know, and then I started getting auditions and booking things and, and making a living. I didn't have to do any odd jobs anymore. And, and that's, uh, you know, it's been what, 30, almost 35 years ago. So, so I've been, you know, been very fortunate to make a living as an actor you know, the living is not always a good living, but you know, it's, it's up and down and it's, there's, there's, it's feast and famine. There's good times, there's struggling times, but you know, I don't, I don't, sometimes I think, gosh, I wish I was like a mailman or a plumber or something, you know, just <laughs> where you knew where you were going every day, you knew exactly what you were going to make that week. And, you know, right. but I don't know, wouldn't nearly be as fun. Isn't that true? But, uh, I always, uh, I always tell like young people in the business that when you're working, that's the vacation. Yes. When you're looking for the work, that's the work. Right. You know. <laughs> what? Uh, rewinding a little bit, I'm curious. What did your What did your parents teach you about work ethic? Well, my they both worked. I mean, my, my dad worked, worked very hard. He, you know, he was lower middle class, you know, he, he, they didn't have a lot of money, but we had pretty much everything we needed, you know? And, uh, but my dad, uh, gosh, he worked up in, into his eighties and, uh, and my mother worked also. And, um, uh, she was a secretary at a, you know, kind of a big company and, and, uh, 
So it was my brother and I, you know, alone a lot, you know, when, not when we were little, but my mom worked when we got into like, uh, uh, you know, 12 years old, 13, 14. So we could stay home by ourselves and, you know, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, my, my dad and mom, both, <clears throat> both were good examples of working hard. Yeah. Were there now I'm so interested in the early times moving to California were there mm -hmm. any key moments that created or helped facilitate more consistent work or has the work, you know, ne like never been consistent or always been consistent? How do you view it? What, what were those early moments? Well, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I always wanted to be an actor. You know, I thought I always poo pooed commercials. Hmm. But when I, my manager convinced me, just do it. You can make good money and there's no stick. There used to be like a stigma, you know, if you want to be an actor, you don't do commercials, you know, right. um, which is silly. And, and uh, so I did, I did. He got me with one of the top agents and, and uh, I started booking a lot of commercials and the money, uh, was you know back then the money on commercials was fantastic uh now now well i i won't get it I'll, we'll get into that later but but anyway uh so i started doing commercials and what that did was earning that money on commercials i didn't uh have to uh take the one line and the five line parts anymore on mm -hmm. A TV and film things, I could then say, well, you know what? I don't need the money. Let's wait for something better. And then my agents started sending me out on guest star stuff. And then I started booking more of uh, bigger stuff. You know, a lot of it's one, you know, one scene or one that, but a really good scene or a really memorable moment or something that's really funny, you know? Right. So, uh, I would say that that was the biggest change for me was, was, you know, my manager convincing me that commercials are a good thing. And, uh, but what I was going to say about commercials now, well, I, I think it's close to 75% of them are non-union. Yeah. And the money is horrible. You get paid like $500 for the day and maybe $1,500 if they use it. And then they can use it for as long as they want for a whole year and as many markets as they want. And you only get $1,500. Whereas, you know, you book a good national commercial that's union, you might make $30,000, $50,000 in a year off one commercial. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, for, for actors starting out, I guess if you don't have your union card coming out to LA or New York or whatever, doing commercials is a good way to get, you know, some experience, but you won't make any money. That's the only problem. Can you, I, 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 if I remember correctly from eight years ago, you had an uh -huh. interesting story about gaining your SAG card. What was that? What did you work on? What was the project that brought it was, that? Uh, that was when I went back to Detroit to teach. Okay. I uh, auditioned for a commercial, a local commercial, uh, playing some I don't know, like disco guy with a bunch of chains and the open shirt. And, <laughs> and, uh, 
my hair was longer then and I poofed it up and, you know, I, I just went for it and I booked the commercial and that's, that's how I got my SAG card, yeah. which was like a huge deal, you know, back then. I mean, it's still pretty difficult to get the card, but, yeah. um, you know, I was very proud of that. You know, that was, that was a huge deal when I got my equity card. Then when I got my SAG card, because then I was a professional actor, you know, yeah. even though I, wasn't making much, but still, uh, I was now a legitimate actor. Right. <laughs> in the in my own mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What um, are there any common themes among the top performers that you've worked with? Because you've been quite literally around the block multiple times on many different uh, mediums of entertainment. I'm curious, are there any like behaviors or consistent behaviors you've seen? among the top uh the good ones are the professional ones they they treat everybody well they uh they come in prepared they they want to rehearse they want to run lines um it, it was you know i i did a movie about four or five years ago with arnold schwarzenegger and i'm not you know he is not an actor's actor, but he is such a big personality and he has done so much. Uh, it was one of the only times that I was really starstruck. You know, this is the governor, the governor. <laughs> this is, I mean, he, he, his, his star has faded in the movie business. You know, he's not like the huge star that he once was, but, uh, I was sitting there at lunch. Uh, it was a shooting in Ohio and I was at the table eating my lunch. He came up and sat across from me and asked me if I wanted to run lines. And I thought, wow, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, not a lot of, not, well, I, sh you know, I, I should have corrected myself from earlier. Not a lot of stars do that. I mean, yeah. it's okay. You know, a lot of people want to keep it fresh and keep it in the moment and, uh, you know, but some do, you know, I mean, I remember, uh, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting her name? Elaine from Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I can't it's, remember. <laughs> it's okay. It's not coming to me either, but I know who you're talking. I know exactly the face. Oh, Julie, Julie Louise Dreyfus. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. She came yes. up to me on the set. We had a lot of lines together and wanted to rehearse. And I thought, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was fun. And you, and you get to know the people. And, and the, I'd say the, the most, the people who are best to work with are the most professional. I've always found that the more talented and confident an actor is, the more at ease they are. You know, the, the less of the pain in the ass that they are, right. you know, uh, they're just good. They, they're good at their trade. They know what they're doing. They're prepared. Um, uh, I, you know, I've worked with some people who wasn't a good experience, but you know, I, I always think, well, you know what, maybe they're just not having a good day or maybe, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them because they're the star of the show or the movie or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, for the most part, I would say it's the, pro the professionalism that always really was nice for is, me. Yeah. Is there, um, is there a role you played that taught you the most about yourself 
or taught you a significant amount of lessons? Oh my gosh. Nothing comes to mind really that taught me about myself. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, that movie I did with Schwarzenegger, right? I remember I didn't want to go to the audition. It was about 60 miles away from my house. And I had a horrible cold. I, my eyes were running, my nose was dripping, and, and I was coughing. And in the audition was a very emotional scene. I had to, you know, start weeping in the middle of the audition. And so I went there and I thought, you know, I gotta go. I can't stay home. And I think I think the fact that I was sick actually helped because the audition, I nailed it and, and felt really emotional and vulnerable. And, you know, so I, it just taught me a lesson, I guess that, you know, you never, I'm not saying never say no, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I drove those miles and I'm glad I, uh, I shot that movie. You know, I, I had one, one really nice scene with Schwarzenegger in a, and, uh, you know, I was a week, week and a half in uh, in Ohio. Well, which wasn't that exciting. But <laughs> Columbus, Ohio, in the winter is not a fun place to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was only supposed to be there three days. I I got there one day of travel, shoot the scene the next day, and then fly home the next day. But um, uh, you know, we started shooting the scene. It was out in this field outside. And in this park, and there was just a gigantic blizzard. The, the snow was blowing horizontally. All the tents were flying away, and the camera equipment was getting all wet. And you know, and they had all these extras all dressed in black for you know. They, it was like a, a memorial service, and uh, so and the field was you know ankle deep in mud. So anyway, <laughs> they they turned out to. Uh, it turned into a week of me and I that was like a Monday and it, they didn't shoot until the following like Saturday or something and uh, so I'm sitting around in Columbus Ohio with nothing to do for a whole week <laughs> but uh, anyway the long story short I made more money on that movie than I I was supposed to because of the you know the, uh, the extension but yeah I, I didn't want to go to that audition I didn't want to do it and the exact same thing happened with um capital one uh I, I was one of those visigoths the viking guys that, yeah. uh, for like four or five years and uh i remember thinking to myself i'm not really a i don't look like i was i looked like you at the time i my hair was very short i was you know fairly clean shaven and i didn't really think of myself as a viking type but you know i had some my wife had some fur fabric. I think I put that, I wrapped that around my waist and, you know, and I just said, I just, you know, again, I said, just do it. You never know. And I did it and I booked it. And then that booking turned into like 15, 15 commercials wow. um, for capital one. And we got to fly, we got to fly to Hawaii we went to San Francisco, to New York several times, Chicago, New Orleans. Uh, uh, we went to uh, Utah. We went 
oh my gosh, uh, we just, you know, because it was for the Capital One Venture card, which is their travel card. So we were always, the Vikings were always on vacation, traveling somewhere. And, and, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so it, it was a, a fantastic job. And again, I, I could have not gone. Right. And, you know, it never would have happened. It's like, and that, uh, sometimes you, you know, it's just, it, it can become a drudgery, you know, sometimes, you know, like you want to, like, I live about 60 miles from Santa Monica, California, which is where most of the commercial auditions happened. And, uh, you know, do I want to put a suit on and a Friday night at five o'clock and drive down to Santa Monica in the middle of rush hour just to say, uh, I love Pepsi, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> but then you think, well, if you get that, you know, there's uh, there's your health insurance, there's your pension credit, there's, you know, yeah. money in the bank and you know, there's your rent for six months and the, you know, or your mortgage. You know. sure. So I never, you know, I never, uh, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't say I'm not going to go. <laughs> well, now, now it's so easy with, uh, uh, it's it's fantastic and it's also not so fantastic with self-taping yeah because you don't get any input you don't get the input of the casting people you, you know you're just you just have to kind of go for it and hope it's right uh um uh you know and and you have to have some professional equipment you know backdrops and lighting and but i'm saving a ton of money on gas <laughs> which is good <laughs> now because it's so expensive but uh uh you know i don't know if i don't i don't know if it's going to stay that way or not or or maybe half the commercial half the auditions now will be self-tape and half will be in an office but if i were a casting director i would keep it self-tape because why have the overhead why why pay for an office space you know yeah if you don't have when to. you can work out of your house yeah has the um has your choice in, in projects changed, you know, at a certain point, uh, well, you know, what you choose? I'll do anything now. Uh, I'll do anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is as long as I can keep my shirt on, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> You've been listening to entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>